So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season three, episode four of The Other Way. In this episode, Jenny and Samit talk about the same stuff they always do. Vinny and Ari jump over a fire. Armando chickens out breaking news to his family again. Corey finally eats the long teased penis soup. And our new couples, Stephen and Alina, and Ellie and Victor, finally get to meet face to face. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Um, not doing too bad. You know, it's getting to be that time of year. We have a couple weeks into the school year. Maybe the honeymoon's starting to end. We start to get those students who are like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to do work this year instead. The honeymoon's been over for a couple weeks for me now. <laughs> so, but you know who the honeymoon is not over for is some of our new couples like uh, Stephen and Alina. All right. So, Stephen is very excited to be to be landing in New York City. It's the first of his three flights to get to Turkey before the night before they have really have a 90 another 90 day situation. They just have to get married in Turkey. So next up is he flies to Istanbul and then on to Antalya. So on the other end, Alina is packed for her trip and her flight to Turkey. And they do the they do the Russian thing that we've seen before where they sit and be quiet for a minute before they get up to leave. And she goes to the airport with her mom and leaves grandma behind. In the car, she tells mom about the separate apartment thing, how Stephen's going to stay in the hostel and she's going to stay in the Airbnb or whatever, and how she's pretty upset about it. And mom is pretty upset about it, saying that it's like Stephen is abandoning her. So mom is not convinced when Alina says that it's a religious thing, which makes sense based on mom's concerns about Mormonism more generally. Doesn't think very highly of it. And anyway, then she wants to remind us, we have to be reminded of the whole honeypot thirst trap thing that she's got going on that we really seems in the hopper for later. So anyway, we finally get to Antalya. Alina got to the airport first and is waiting for Stephen to come in. She posts up outside the doors from customs and waits for Stephen, who drops his bag right in the middle of the damn doors as soon as they open and goes to give her a fug, hug. Fug. Oh, my God. So after a few nerve-wracking seconds of everybody else having to move around his bags that he dropped on the floor um, and, of course, dropping their masks to have some pretty explicit making out, like, Ugh, I know. You know, very, very in-depth. Anyway, th- then they leave to go to Alina's apartment. On the way, he reaffirms that, you know, he'll stay on the couch for the first night, but they'll figure out the rest later. He wants to talk about other things, but she keeps wanting to, you know, say things like, I won't be safe. Those people look suspicious. I think they're going to kidnap me. So anyway, they arrive to the room and things are already a little shaky because of the taxi conversation. The apartment they booked is actually seems pretty decent. It's nice and cozy, but she's scared to stay there alone since it's her first time she's ever been away from home. But, you know, now they're finally alone and unmasked, so he takes off her shoes and they, I don't know, kiss and kind of hug and it, they generally act like nervous, flirting teenagers. And then they start discussing living arrangements again. She's still nervous about being alone, 
But also, the part that she never tells him is she's nervous about him being alone too, since, since she thinks that part of the reason he wants his own place is so that he can go out and flirt with other girls. He, of course, makes his faith-based arguments and says it's going to be hard to control himself from engaging in, and I swear to God he said this, scootily poop. Oh, he did. He did <laughs> say that. Um, so, out loud, he said it. Then he over-explains what scootily poop means, which we all kind of got from context. Anyway, so he suggests they go check out the hostel tomorrow, and she says, okay, because, you know, when they go to check it out, they can cancel it. But before bed, Stephen has some nighttime activities planned, like reading scripture, which Alina is super not into and quickly gets super tired. She imagined the first night would be much cuter and involve a lot more, you know, not sex, but cuddling. So anyway, the next morning, a towel-wrapped Stephen is stuck knocking on the bedroom door trying to get his clothes from Alina, who he thinks looks cute. So he ends up giving her a hug while he's still not wearing any clothes. Anyway... That's more likely as a temptation. Exactly. That's what I was thinking too. Like you're like hugging her without clothes on. And but um, anyway, wild and crazy Steven is excited to go on a walk with her, but he's even more excited to jump into the pool fully clothed. Alina knows that he's a strange person, but this doesn't even seem to work for her either. Uh, they walk to the hostel that that he booked, and Alina kind of resists. He tries to pull her in, and she like pulls back, and they have a tug of war, and uh, so they sit down and talk instead. So despite the fact that Alina's biggest issue seems to be – we'll ask about that – her jealousy about Stephen, she doesn't mention that to him at all. Stephen tries to bring out the big guns and saying, well, if you maybe you want to stay in the same room, maybe you don't really want to get baptized. So she says um, – and she says maybe he doesn't care about the religion that much if he can't control himself. <laughs> so she says that all she wants to do is go back to the room and live together – so he does relent and says he's going to cancel the booking at the hostel. So I feel like we kind of heard both ends from Alina on what bothered her more or what that was bothering her about the whole separate living situation. So what do you think it is? Was she really feeling that unsafe or is it more about keeping Stephen on a short leash? I think a little bit of everything. But I honestly, though, I think safety is the last thing. So I will say that. It's maybe on the radar, but I don't think she's feeling that unsafe. I think she's just using that as an excuse because she doesn't really want to tell Stephen the other stuff. And this is really interesting to me that she does seem kind of crazy jealous. But I don't want to say crazy jealous because she has in no way indicated to Steven that she is jealous. You know, instead, she just like either thinks it, internalizes it, sets up this honey trap for him. Like, you know, it's just I don't understand why she just isn't upfront with him. Like, I don't know if I trust you. You know, it's like she doesn't want to even tell him that much. It's so bizarre to me. Most yeah. jealous partners usually are pretty open and honest about their jealousy and mistrust. They are. Yeah. They would be like, I don't want you to go there because I don't know who you're talking to while you're there. Like yes. they would they would straight up say that because it's it's a weird thing to be feel unsafe about, I feel, think, because 
I mean, the situation is going to be there. She's basically going to go to bed instead of sleeping on the couch. She's probably just going to walk to the hostel, right? It's not going to be. So it's it would have to be someone who broke into the, her apartment to kidnap her. She's not going to be walking around the streets. Get up, and in that case, if somebody's going to break into your apartment to kidnap you, Stephen is not stopping them. <laughs> no, I mean he does have like a six pack, but I feel like he has a six pack because he's just so skinny. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> he's just so skinny. He has. Let's have that skinny guy skit six pack of just yeah. like, well, there's no fat on here, but you know, so you I have to see the muscles that are underneath muscle. of them. I know you're young enough. Yeah, it, actually, I hadn't even thought about the possibility of Stephen being around other women in the hostel. It, like, never even occurred to me. And then when she said that, I was like, hey, yeah, she's right. Like, I guess that is a legitimate concern if she's really concerned that Stephen's going to go for anyone. But at yeah. the same time, I don't know. It just seems like if you're there, it's clear and obvious you're there to get married. And I get that you're not – nothing's in the bag, right? You don't you don't have anything locked down as of yet. You both can go your separate ways. But I don't know. I know that they're not married or engaged, but it seems pretty serious that they even have this plan in the first place and she's still doubting if he's like in it. This is one of those situations where I'm like, okay – you can say you're not engaged, but you're engaged. You have yeah, a plan right? to move to another country, get married within 90 days, and move to Russia. That's engaged. Like, we plan to get married is the definition of engaged, whether he did a proposal with a big ring or anything like that. Like, you're moving forward with this. So, right. it, it, it does seem like, yeah, if he was really interested in other girls, why would he go to Turkey with you with this plan to move in? Like, I feel like he'd come up with some other plan it also seems to be working in her favor that, you know, if this were any other situation, I feel like the average guy, I don't know, would probably be saying this stuff just to get you into bed. And clearly that's not what's happening here. That's true. That's true. I don't know. But I kind of feel like part that's part of the issue is that because they're not really – they obviously they don't sleep together. But he's also because both of them are so immature – Right? Yeah. That the the things they do are really, really childish flirting things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know if he was just being friendly with somebody else, if it would be all that different than the stuff he does with her. Right? It's like, so I see you doing this to all these other women. And that's, you also, I don't know, what did he even do? Make tickle me? I don't know what the hell he does. He's so weird. Yeah, well, that was my question for you, too, was do you think Steven's acting for the camera? Like, and I feel like it goes beyond just acting weird, but I feel like he's playing up, you know, something. He's playing up his religion. He's playing up. He's a quirky dude, right? And sure. it's just like, do you think he's really like this? Because I think the reason why he's playing up the religion is because he kind of knows that his elders and whoever, church people will watch this and he doesn't really want to be judged and so do you really think that he's going to be reading scriptures day one like night one you know and do you really think he's like so weird that he's jumping into a pool for no reason i mean obviously he's you know fallen short of his faith or whatever he says right. before right so like there is a lot of but he's just a ham like we've i think we've all known those people who like 
they're fine when they're alone, but you get them in front of a group of people and it's like, oh, he just turns into a completely different ass who's showing off for everybody yeah. and doing things like jumping into pools or probably not what Steven is doing. They often like, look how much I can drink and they just like pound him back and you're like, dude. Like, if... And so I think we've all known maybe not quite with the same kind of things, but people that just ham it up when the, when they're they know the attention's on them because they mm-hmm. want attention. He's he's as much as we do it as much as we see it from other people in other ways, the social media whores. Yeah. Like he's definitely an attention whore. Like he absolutely is. Everything he does is pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. I'm wacky. I'm look at me. I'm gonna jump into the pool. Because that's why I want to walk down the pool like soaking wet in my clothes. Like Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think the reason why it seems less obvious is because I think that he just wants the attention for the attention and not for the money. You right. know, like a lot of these people that come on this show for the attention. Yeah, they, it's not that they don't like the attention because you got like your thirst traps like Devin, you know, but it's more so that they're doing that because they're trying to monetize on this in the long term. They're really struggling not to work, right? They really do not want that regular nine to five work life. Whereas I feel like, you know, Stephen would be okay with that life. Yeah, he would. He would. I just think it's a deeply ingrained thing where if I'm sure anytime anybody ever brought a camera out, he's in front of it. Mm-hmm. Like he just gets to yeah. it. Like, you know, and so that that's it this just seems like the kind of person he is. So it's like I definitely think it would be a completely different situation if the camera wasn't there. Um yeah. I don't think he would be the same person. I I don't know. Alina just looked confused by him. Like she's like, I don't right. know what's happening here. This is but weird. She did say she's like, I get that he's a weird guy. Steven's a weird guy. So I feel like she has seen a part of it at least. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. But I think I feel like that's not helping her jealousy when she's like Yes. He likes attention. He wants attention. Yeah. Yeah. And or mm-hmm. wants attention and also says, I felt like jumping in the pool. So I did it immediately without even taking off my clothes. Like like his his bids for attention are also, I have no impulse control. Let me go to this yes. place where there's all these women. <laughs> like Right. Also, I have so little impulse control that I can't be in the same room with you without humping your bones. So, like, yeah, I can see where I can I can see her concern, but yeah, it's 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 a stretch. Okay, let's go for it. (laughs) All right, so let's move on to Corey and Evelyn. So Evelyn is telling her sisters that she was married and she had been married for the last year and her sisters are just in shock. Evelyn kind of recounts the whole conversation and whole happening and ends up that as soon as Evelyn got married to Corey in paper on paper that she just started crying. So that already was not a good sign. Uh, Evelyn maybe wasn't really that into it and it ends up that uh, Corey went to, to Peru because they were having issues. And then that's when the whole Jenny thing happened. So Corey, Evelyn, and her sisters, Leslie and Lipsy, go to a meal together, lunch maybe. And Lipsy orders Corey some food. And he gets really excited looking at everybody else's food going, yeah, that crab looks really good. And then he's just like, oh, what is this? 
So Lipsy and Leslie say, hey, eat that piece first. And they just sit there and stare at him. So he's eating it. And they go, what do you think? And he goes, oh, it's a little chewy. And they're like, oh, okay. And after he's eaten what they think is adequate enough of the bull penis, they tell him what it is that he ate. And he's like, are you kidding me? Do you have a problem with me? And they say, yes, actually, we do have a problem with you. Uh, Evelyn told us that you were married. We're not okay with you basically cheating on her because now the whole Jenny thing, that's not you were on a break. You were married. You cheated. So don't ever hurt her. We will kill you. And this is just our little revenge. Uh, you get to eat some bull penis. So Corey's just confused. He just thinks that... Evelyn should have kept this to between them, and that's pretty much how that ends. So, uh, I don't know. Do you think that Corey really got it bad in this whole situation? Not really. Like, whatever. Like, it's a bull penis. It's food, right? It was it's food. Like it was cooked him. and prepared food. Like, it was clearly right. some sort of dish that people actually, some people actually do eat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, so I don't think he got it that bad. I mean, he at least wasn't so dumb that he was like, oh, this is you fucking with me. Okay, like, so what's the matter here? And then got got to the point because, yeah, I feel like I would have been like, they would have been like, you are eating a penis. And I would have been like, huh, how about that? Next bite. Yeah. Like, he like, looked so <laughs> confused. Like, wait, what? Yeah. And it was only afterwards did he really say in the interview how he thought it was so, so terrible, you know? Yeah, I don't he started... think he got it. I think that was a – I think that was a ex post facto decision that it tasted terrible. I was like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. I mean, I think he would – I think he would have like, I'd rather have those crab soups that y'all have because that looked yeah. delicious. I know. They did look good. <laughs> I would definitely eat those. But it's just like, I don't know. Corey's such a – annoying tool and it's hard even when he's being done wrong like it's hard to sympathize with him because he comes in as like como estas everyone you're like oh my god (laughs) are you is it the third day of spanish class what are you doing yeah yeah i really just was kind of bothered that evelyn knew exactly what was going on and she just kind of sat there Mm -hmm. it did kind of bother me that it's like you know, you're supposed to be a team. Like, at the end of the day, like, you're a team and you're getting married. So you're, you're making already this decision. Married. <laughs> yes, but I mean, like, she's going through with the wedding. So to me, yes. that really says, like, you're continuing, you're continuing to choose this man. You know, it's one sure. thing to choose this man. You get married. Shit goes bad like it did, right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But you are still choosing to be with him. So how is it that you can sit back and let your sisters torment this dude? You know, because it really isn't between you and your sisters. It's really between you and him. And I, I don't necessarily agree with Corey as in like, oh, she should have told no one. But, you know, at the same time, you're going to sit back and let your sisters do that to him. I don't think it was a let your sisters do that to him as much as she wanted her sister to do that to him. Oh, like yeah, I for think sure. she was she it wasn't so it definitely wasn't a oh no I was helpless and I couldn't I couldn't stop what was going on and what, what how can I control my sisters? It was very much her being like yes I made this happen. This is how I'm getting my revenge. It was her revenge too. <laughs> 
Yeah, I also feel that if she was crying that hard after she got married, how hard is it to get an annulment? Because she made it sound like she had immediate regret. If you had oh, immediate yes. regret, there's ways to get out of that. Yes, there, there, there is definitely that, that, that. If it's that quick, clearly haven't consummated the thing or whatever, right? Which I don't know how much – they always say that. I don't know how much that matters at all anymore Especially in these days. Especially if you've had sex before, you know. It's yes. Like, eh. Yeah. But yes. If like, we had, yeah, we had sex two, day, two hours before we went to the courthouse, but then we didn't do right. it afterwards. So marriage doesn't count. But I definitely think if there's that instant regret thing, like you have like within two weeks, you're like, no, we're not doing this. This was a bad idea. Then an annulment is definitely a thing. But I just don't understand. I mean, there's there's a lot I don't understand. And it's it's only going to get worse because we keep hearing him tease that like this Jenny thing was a way bigger deal than he let on, which (sighs) actually actually I'm not sure if it's going to get worse because I think everybody's going to be like, yeah, no shit. Like, we didn't believe you (laughs) when you said it wasn't a thing. What I find really ridiculous about that is they keep teasing that Raul, right? Yes. Like, why Uh on earth would you tell Raul? Didn't he screw you over? And isn't he, like, constantly trying to get with Evelyn? I get that you have very few friends in Ecuador. But seriously, this guy? Like, you've got to be an idiot if you have a big secret you're keeping from your wife don't tell the guy who's trying to screw your wife that's just bad that's just a terrible idea oh my gosh Corey. it's like you want to feel bad for him because evelyn just isn't nice to him and it just doesn't seem like she loves him but he's such a dopey idiot that you're just like you just kind of I don't want to say deserve it, but it's like you can't be sad that this is happening to you because you you have to know that this is happening to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's just – he's such a pushover, so dopey. And I think that's part of the reason everyone hates him yeah, is like, yeah. dude, dude, show a backbone once. Right, oh, my God. Right. It's annoying that you're not. Like, I, I don't know. It seems like he's a, he'd be like an annoying guy to have, even have a conversation with. So, I get where everybody's there. I guess yeah. I guess we just don't know. It's one of those things. What is I don't know what Evelyn sees in the guy. Why she's dragging him along? What she's doing? Because she doesn't. That doesn't seem like if you if I just saw her independent of this show, I was like, here's this person. I've seen her with their family. What kind of guy would she go for? He'd be really low on the list. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, some people like being able to control other people. Sure, because you know? it's yeah. like basically like they get their way. And I think they definitely have that kind of relationship. What Evelyn says goes. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, another weird, I don't know what's going on here situation is Ari and Binium and and also Leandro apparently. So Leandro, Ari and Leandro um, are, you know, nearing the end of their time together. So they go out to have a lunch or, you know. They do end up going, but Benny tries to stop them because, you know, what will the neighbors think if he sees you she see you walking with this guy? So they go to sit in a cafe and have some coffee and they kind of have a talk about where things stand with them. And um this is when things get really weird because at some point um Ari says something like, Oh, you know, when I got pregnant, that's when I realized we would never be together again. 
And, you know, Leandro also kind of agrees that the pregnancy spelled the end of the future of their relationship. All right. Um, but then, you know, Leandro kind of asks her about her future and what she thinks she's going to do. He already thinks she's going to be able to stay in Ethiopia. But, you know, she's getting really homesick and stuff. But, you know, that's where Leandro is kind of like, well, if you're homesick, then that means you're not home right now. So he doesn't buy it. So later they have this awkward situation where it's um, this holiday, which is – I guess it's an Orthodox holiday. I, I had never heard of this holiday um, that involves – doesn't seem to involve much other celebration besides lighting a bonfire and then jumping over it for good luck, um, oh, which yeah. looks – dangerous the first couple times did it and they change the angle and it's like oh that's a really small fire okay <laughs> everybody can definitely jump over it so everybody jumps over the fire uh, mimi wish Benny, and even ari um so then they after that they have sit down to go have some coffee or whatever and have a conversation and we get a lot of the same kind of questioning and accusations from wish and from mimi that we always get up until the point where Ari, you know, they're afraid that Ari's going to leave with the baby and now you brought your fiance who lives your, – your, sorry, your ex that lives in America and stuff like that. So eventually Ari gets up to leave and has like an awkward moment where she was like, am I leaving alone or is anybody coming with me? And it really seemed like um, there was going to be nobody coming with her for a minute. But then it's, I don't know, the next day and Benny is really excited because it's Leandro's last day. So, hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, punch in the air. <laughs> yeah. Punch in the air. He was really psyched. So, they take their um, that, that old shuttle to the airport. And on the way, Ari is asking questions like, who are you going to miss the most? To which he answers Avi. And then they get out of the car. And it looks like Leandro tries to make it less awkward by, like, hugging them both at the same time. But then after he does that, Ari like chases him down and gives him a hug by himself, like a really long hug. Um, and he eventually ends up leaving and that is where we end it. So I don't know which of all these scenarios was the most awkward one because I feel like it was just awkward, awkward, awkward for this yeah, entire time. really awkward. And you know, I can't put my finger to answer your question is to not answer it. I really can't say what was the most awkward. Maybe when she was like, so who's coming with me? That was <laughs> kind of weirdly painfully funny and awkward. Uh, but you know what? I We find out that Leandro didn't want kids. At least that's what Ari said. So if Leandro yes. didn't want kids, why on earth does he care about meeting Avi in the first place? And then that also seemed really suspicious because Ari kind of made it seem like, oh, the reason why we, you know, uh, things weren't working out is because we realized we wanted separate things. I wanted kids and, and you know, and he didn't. I'm the one who changed my mind. Because I also want to say that it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of family planning going along. Like, right. I'm pretty sure Avi was an oopsie baby right yes it was very much like she said because she even said i turned i mean how old is she now 30 uh is yeah she that? 29 30 like, yeah somewhere I, in there because I, I was worried about the timeline because she said she made it sound like she turned 25 and all of a sudden her you know biological cock just exploded and she was like right. i must have babies now right and then but that doesn't seem to jibe with her having a baby because she accidentally got knocked up like four years later yes <laughs> so right after just leaving her husband. So it's yes. like, I, I don't know. I'm just always confused because I think they keep changing the story. And I think that 
Ari frames it in such a way that doesn't really put blame on her. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. It was just, it's always, I mean, it is and it isn't because you're, you can say, I don't know, that's something that I feel like a lot of times people who did wrong kind of say, especially in a relationship where it's like, well, we just grew, we just became different people. And it's like, I think yes. you might have become a different person and then decided to do some shitty things. And now we're just blaming like, we grew apart. I turned into, I had, I had different ideas. I changed, you know, and it's like, and that's fine. You can change, but like. That doesn't justify the things you did afterwards. Right. Yeah. And I think that Leandro brought up a really good point. He's like, you know, how can you say that you see this being your home when you said that you're homesick? Isn't that the whole premise of him visiting is because she was like, I just feel really homesick. I need someone like from home to be here. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, definitely – if he puts it that way, I mean, he said, you know, homesick and home, but I think it was a lot just like, it wasn't just a little homesick or I missed some things from home. It was like, I'm so desperate. I need you specifically to come here because I have no one here. You know, it, was, it seemed like that kind of thing that is like, yeah, that doesn't seem like you're very comfortable here and that you can see yeah. a future here either. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Kenny and Armando. So the whole family, that's Kenny, Armando, uh, Kenny's daughter Cassidy and Armando's daughter Hannah are all going to San Felipe to visit Armando's family. Hanny, Hannah and Cassie are bonding in the back seat. Armando wants to make it clear to his family that they will have a huge festive wedding and everybody's invited. Armando is worried that his dad may not be there when they visit since he didn't really want to be around the last time they were all there. They arrive and find that Armando's dad is at the store. At least that's what Armando's mom says. Kenny is hoping that because his daughter is there, that maybe Armando's dad will give them a chance. And Armando's dad just all of a sudden magically emerges from the house and gives Armando a long hug and tells him that he loves him. He then hugs and greets Cassidy and Kenny very briefly, as Armando points out later. And Armando suspects that his mom was covering for his dad since his dad was clearly not at the store and was inside the whole time. They all have a happy meal outside and Armando's dad seems to be really enjoying himself. They have a touching moment where Kenny and Cassidy cry because, you know, they're sharing how much they miss each other and it's been a year. And Armando's mom empathizes with Kenny, you know, being a parent herself. Armando, you know, he was supposed to ask his family about or tell his family about the wedding and, you know, invite them all. But he just can't bring himself to bring up the wedding at dinner, especially since everyone seems to be having such a good time. All right. So uh, it did seem odd that they said Armando's dad was uh, at the store and then he just like poof, magically appears in the house. Right. Uh, do you think that Armando's dad was thinking about not you know, showing up, going to dinner, because he did seem like, you know, he genuinely was happy to see Armando and he did seem like he was having a great time at dinner. Yeah, I definitely think he didn't know how he was going to feel when Armando showed up. And so he didn't want to, like, commit to anything. And that just seems to be his MO because he clearly wasn't at the store. I mean, that one, <laughs> was totally right. They She made up that thing about, oh, he's not here. He's at the store. It was like, it's like dark outside. I was suspicious I just based on the time of day. It's like pitch yeah. black at night. Who's going to the store then? 
right? And so I was like, okay, he's in it. But then he just comes out of the house and it was like, it was like really confusing if you didn't know that that was his dad. It was like, they're all talking and it's all, it was all women outside. I don't know if you noticed that every everybody outside was a woman, and then all of a sudden this dude comes out and just like gives Armando a hug, and is like, "I think I remember that that was his dad, right? Like it's yeah. some other person." It's been like that though when he visited his family the last time. It's mostly women. Yes, it is. It is. Well, like I, I kind of feel like I feel like the gatherings aren't like for the men. Those are like that's like the women's gatherings or whatever. Or, like. Or is he like the head of the household and that's the man that's there? I don't know how it works. It just seems really weird that there's always so many women and just the dad. Yeah. It looks like they live on some kind of compound. Right. Um, They definitely do. But yeah, but I don't know. I just – I feel like I remember that from the last time. There just aren't a lot of guys hanging around on the compound. Which seems weird because there's like kids, right? And there's kids and there's people and I would assume that there's – kids would have dads that – like some of them would have dads to be around, right? So, like, so I don't know what 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 that all is, but it's like he was definitely way better, right, than we saw him last yes. time. Like last time, he the the best he could do was like acknowledge Kenny's existence, and at least this time he gave him the the handshake pat, which wasn't I don't know if I would call it a hug. It was that handshake hug thing that guys do. Oh. Kenny was happy with the progress. He was like, was okay, we're making progress. Yes. Yeah. He was happy with that. And Armando was like, he hugged you the, the shortest. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, yeah, it's, he did. It was also, he hugged your daughter longer than he hugged you, but okay. Yeah. Well, probably because he just feels more comfortable because the daughter is still a straight person, right? And if the whole premise of this is that Armando's dad is homophobic, he's going right. to be more comfortable with, you know, a heterosexual female than a homosexual male. Yeah. I mean, he would be more – and he'd be home more comfortable with a heterosexual heterosexual man probably. But like, yes, I'm sure, sure he has the sure. bit, a little bit of does hugging this gay guy too tight make me gay? I don't want to – I don't want anybody thinking sure. that, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, But I mean, you're right. He did seem to – he seemed to be having a good time. He was smiling yeah. before we just saw him like – grumping but it it raises the question for me is like where is armando's goldilocks zone of being able to talk to his family about stuff like because this time it was like everybody was having too good of a time i didn't want to bring up the wedding and last time it was always everybody was really mad and shitty i didn't want to bring up like we're moving and it was like well he always does that with the news right he just keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off till like he passes up many good opportunities to say something and then is left with a bad time to say it. And then he has to because that's the only time left. honestly, I kind of feel like he's, you know, his strategy, he just doesn't want to say it on camera because, you know, it's like, uh, don't give it away. But it's like, I feel like Armando's MO is just like, tell them the bad news, exit immediately. (laughs) So it's like, we're not there for the repercussions of this, you know, and they can just process it on their own. You know, I don't have to like be there for, and even if it is celebratory, it's like, why does he care if he's there longer and they're all happy about it? You know, he's just like, tell them the news, let them react, get out. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Clearly, was rubbing Kenny the wrong way, though. He was like, everybody's yeah. everybody's a little bit drunk. Everybody's happy. Let's do it now. Now is a great time. Let's hit it. Let's go. Right. But that's also because his family celebrates his good news 
all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's he's not worried about like if he said he was going to do something, he was going to get married, he was in love, you know, whatever was going on. We're going to have a big party. Like it would be like more people going, yay, woo, we support this. Amazing. Sounds great. Instead of – because I'm sure – I'm sure he doesn't have to break it to his family that he's having a big wedding. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They're yeah. just like on board with it. And so he's not used to his family disappointing him like that. Yeah, definitely. All right. So that brings us to Ellie and Victor. And we start off with Ellie taking a cold shower in San Andreas and really prepping herself for it. But she ends up getting through it and then going to, I don't know, walk around town and I guess buy clothes for the refugees from Providencia. I don't know exactly what she – but that's what she ended up doing. I'm not exactly sure why that was on her plan. So she goes to a t-shirt store and she ends up buying a – really large number of t-shirts for about like $27 and oh my goodness. Um, takes them back. So she takes them back to her hotel and while she's unfolding them or organizing them or whatever, she gets a call and it's Victor and he has finally been able to make it um, to a phone, has called her and turns out he is actually at the airport in San Andreas, which is a, makes it a good, re- good thing she came there. So She's completely relieved because in her head, it was just like, you know, she thought she had such a cursed life that this was not going to end well and that he was going to end up not being okay. So she goes to the airport to get him and he comes out and they meet and they hug and he talks about how horrible it was and and how, oh, a weird detail about how the Venezuelan government, when they sent the first ship over, sent like 3,000 body bags because they thought that nobody was going to be alive. Um, oh my but he said they made it by hiding under his um, sister's, I guess, counter. He was like, the place where the sink is. We hide under there. So I don't – it must be a different setup than I'm used to because I can't put people under my counter. So anyway, he ends up being pretty lucky because of all the um, people coming off Providencia, he has an American girlfriend with the hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Right? Which is where they go and the whole time, you know, she has things that she wants to talk to him about with the cheating and everything like that. But def- now is oh, definitely gosh. not the time. And he just wants to – she just wants to enjoy his company and be thankful that he's there with her. And, you know, he says all these nice things about her and then we end. Uh, so, you know, geez, I don't know. I, I – it's hard to come up with a question because like there was nothing questionable anybody did. It seems like, you know, in crisis times – Sometimes there's no – the only way to act is the way you act, right? Right. And so, like, I don't know. I don't know that anybody did anything wrong or questionable besides those T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. I'm torn a little bit about, you know, whether or not you should bring something up that's serious, like, you know, when something else that's even more serious is going sure. on, right? Sure, So, my first thought is – Honestly, if you feel like this other situation is so serious, your natural disaster is so serious that you don't feel like you should bring this up because there are bigger things in life to worry about, maybe that should just be your attitude, right? Just let it go. There are bigger things to worry about. But then, I'm like I said, I'm torn. So then the other side of that is, yeah, but this is actually pretty bad for their relationship so maybe you shouldn't even be with this guy you know you should be talking about this stuff because this stuff is like immediate things that could implode your relationship i think what i get really like what i disagree with is this whole pretending like things are okay because something else is going on 
Right, right. I mean, yes, that that's true because I definitely get your idea because it's like you can't have a relationship if you can't talk about this stuff. Right. But also, you're right. Now is really not the time that there's bigger fish to fry. There yeah. are other things going yeah. on right now. And so how yeah. can your relationship be there? So it's it's kind of like – yeah, I don't know because I mean it really seemed like she was about to jump his bones. So like that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe that shouldn't be happening, right? That's like, what I'm saying. Maybe maybe yeah, maybe we don't have to go all the way an there. There's in between. Right, right, exactly. Because he's I mean, I'm not that's not him unique. It's definitely a guy thing where it's like, you know, oh, we had sex. That was makeup sex. Everything's good. We're yep, we're fine. Everything's good. Moving we're on. fine. Don't have to. We don't. What? Are, what do you mean? There's something wrong. Everything's fine. We just did the barometer for our relationship, which is sex. So it's exactly. all good. Yeah. Yeah. That that happened. So everything must be fine. And now you're bringing this up after this terrible hurricane and stuff. No. So I definitely think there was time for her to be like, I'm glad you're safe, but you know, I'm glad you're safe and I'm glad you're here and and everything, but. You should probably sleep on that bed, and I'm going to sleep on this bed for for a little while because we right. still have other Until things we that we need to work on. We'll have right. a discussion later. We don't have to have that discussion now because you clearly had such a stressful right. time. But it's like we're not going to like start yeah. moving farther into this relationship without that discussion. Yeah, I guess that's how I would see that you should approach this. Yeah. <sighs> okay, let's talk Jenny and Summit, which we Ugh. kind of started talking about a little bit off. The line. Right, I think we, I think we'll probably end up talking about them longer than they were actually on the show. To be honest, <laughs> yes, probably. So Jenny feels like she has hit another roadblock to staying in the country without being married, since the whole uh, Harry Krishna devotee thing is just a bust. Jenny is worried that if she has to do a visa run, that she will have to do it by herself because Summit doesn't have his passport. His in-laws are holding it hostage, and it's kind of questionable if they're ever going to give it back. Jenny thinks that he should just report that it's lost or stolen and just get a new one. So Jenny and Summit go to the police to report his, uh, report his passport's lost. And the police just tell him that he has to apply online. And I was a little confused because it sounded like that he had to wait six months. And then when he actually applies, it'll take a month. But he tells Jenny that it'll only take a month. Jenny is kind of frustrated how easy that was because he should have taken care of these things before. Summit says he might overthink without action because of fear. And it kind of ends up that historically, his parents kind of did everything for him. So he never really had to do action, any action on his own. Mm -hmm. Jenny thinks that if he's serious about marrying her, that he should just marry her. And Jenny tells him, just do it or not do it. And he just says, okay. Jenny is tired and frustrated and says that he should either marry her or just let her go. And Summit says, I will marry you. So let's see. Jenny thinks she's waited long enough and there is clearly no progress or resolution or actionable items moving forward. Yeah. So do you think that Summit will ever marry Jenny? Uh, he plans to marry her, though. He plans to. Yes. Yes, but Yes. But he but he will. So he will. 
because he plans to, so he won't. Yeah, but no one's doing it for him. This is because that's the thing. That's Simit's logic. I was just, I was just, yeah, feeding into right. it. Right? No, I get that, but I was like also thinking, but no one's doing it for him, so it's just oh, never going to get done. I think he's definitely waiting for things to happen for him. Like he is just waiting for his parents to decide that it's okay, and he's not like moving that need. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just something just happened. And the parents were like, we're never going to be okay with it. And he was like, hmm, I don't know of any course of action to do except for wait for them to change their minds. There's nothing else to be done. And that that is literally what he thinks. And so either change their minds or die. Like – Oh, gosh. Like, I, I, that's that's no joke. I don't, I don't think that's beyond his thing. That's terrible because Jenny is older than his parents. It's more <laughs> likely Jenny dies before his parents. That's, that's true, but – that's – I think that's the literally the only way he sees out of it is either my parents are going to die or they're going to magically or change Jenny's their minds. Or Jenny's going to die. Yeah. Oh or my Jenny's going to die. So right. do you think that – okay. So he said, you know, oh, my parents always did everything for me, which is why he doesn't know how to do simple crap like, oh, get a – report my passport lost yes. and, you know, get a but new one. He's just – yeah. It's just he's so – much that it's the same thing. It's just the same. Well, they took my passport. There's nothing to be done. Yeah, but I was going to say, so do you think that if Jenny just was like, all right, I get the situation now. I got the lay of the land. I am planning this wedding. It's just happened. Show up. Do you think he'll actually go through with it then? No, I don't. Because I still think in his head, a necessary precaution, a necessary part of the wedding is that his parents say, okay. Like, you know, it's like, I'm going to go through with this wedding. But I'm going to do everything except get the justice of the peace. And you're like, okay, well, then there's no wedding. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do everything except the one part that we need that is necessary for you to actually participate in it. And then so she, she, she can't do that part. She can't, that's the one part she can't do that, do for him is get his parents' approval. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, okay. So what we were talking about offline is that I just felt so triggered by his whole, like, oh, we'll see. Because, first of all, I was triggered because I've recently dated someone who had that kind of attitude. And it would just be like, I would bring up issues to him and he would just say, we'll see. Like it was somehow going to magically get fixed or things were going to happen to him, but just taking no ownership at all for any action, for anything like, you know, it's like not... Taking any kind of responsibility, like things were happening to him and that he didn't actually have to do anything because, oh, we'll just see. We'll just see how it goes. What do you mean we'll see how it goes? I'm asking you to do something. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it was. I don't think any of them were this bad, but it was along the lines of things that would be like, hey, do you think you can get off this Friday? We'll see. Like, are you going to ask for Friday off? Well, we'll see if I'm off. We'll see if I have to work. And you're like, what the (laughs) – Yes, that's exactly the frustration because it's like, okay, what do you mean we'll see? Like, cosmically, the world is just going to give you, like, what you're thinking of. Like, you actually have to do something to move. Even if it's just throwing it out there like, oh, I would like to have this Friday off. It's like you still have to do something. And, yes, I get that not everything is in your control. And so you do have to see, but you also have to do something to get to the point where you can sit back and say, we'll see. 
Right. Yes. You have to – yes. You might not be able to get Friday off, but you have to like ask for the day off first and not just right. be like – There's well, things you have to, to do. Right. Because especially – I mean, yes, this passport thing was so ridiculously simple. He could have Googled it. He right. could have Googled right. lost passport India and been like, oh, I just have to fill out this online form. Okay. I'll have it. Because I think what he said is I think you had to have – you had to have been not had it. For six months. And he's already been longer than six months without it. So that's why it's going to take a month. Okay, So that's the part that I was kind of unsure about. I thought that he, the officer had said that they had to have reported it lost and it had to have been lost for six months. And Mm. then he had to go online and then that would take a month. Because, you know, by that understanding, I was kind of like, okay, so this is day one of your six months, you know, because you're just reporting it lost right now at the police station. So now you got to wait six months before you can actually apply. And yes, it only takes a month after that. But I was like, what happened to the part where you didn't tell Jenny the six month business? Instead, you just told her the, oh, it'll take one month. And she's just like, oh, well, you're an idiot. Like, you should have done this sooner. Well, yeah, she's right. You should have done it sooner because then. It wouldn't have to have been so long, but I feel like, yeah, but I feel like he lied to her too to like not make it seem so bad. Which is also a dumb lie, right? Because if it's six yes. months, if it's seven months and she has to do a visa run every six months, right? he's not going to have it. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to be like, what's taking so long? Why isn't this coming through? You told me it would take a month. And he's going to just be like, oh, oh, He has a history of lying to avoid conflict. Sure. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's done. It's very annoying to me that he continues to do this. It's like, have you learned nothing? Just freaking tell the truth already. Right. Because it's like, how are you? And it's like he also feels like, oh, well, I'll just figure it out. That's like a future me problem. Like, I'll have to worry about this in six months. So I'll let future summit. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All the rules will just get broken and I'll have it within one month. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll happen. So then I don't even have to worry about it. Oh, my gosh. He annoys me so much. Yeah. I mean, what annoyed me was just that, that are you going to marry me or not? I am going to marry you. When? You know the situation. That's like, I am going to marry you. And she was right. You've been telling her that for like, what, seven years at yeah. least, even saying I, I'm going to marry you for seven years, like, come on. Uh, the more I think about it, the more this guy reminds me of the of the guy that I'm talking about that triggered me in the first place. Because the other thing that really bothered me is when she's telling him, like, either are you going to marry me or not? Like, you need to either do something, you know, either marry me or let me go. And he answers her with, okay. okay. That's just so dismissive. It's like you are not addressing her concerns or giving her any kind of answer. You're just saying, okay, like I heard you. Message received. Yes. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so and, annoying. It's like, they don't know what, you know, I feel like sometimes I get those at even at work. I just send an email that asks a question and it's like acknowledged. And I'm like, that's not a response to what I, I yeah, asked a specific I was question. A question. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, honestly, it makes me sad, too, that Jenny keeps leaving it up to him to make the decision. Yeah, that's true. You know, true. at what that's point true. is she going to realize that this 
like inability to choose one way or another is a decision in itself. It's yeah. no. It's like it's like he's constantly telling her maybe. Guess what? Yes, a maybe is. is not a yes. So therefore it's a no. And as much as people hate to put ultimatums on things, you need an ultimatum. Be like, listen, I have to move on with my life. I'm buying a plane yeah. ticket for six months from now. If we are not married, I'm getting on the plane and leaving. That's it. Yeah. And and end the end. Like you're right. it, now now it, it now it's, it's still your decision, but now there's a you must do it by now if you don't want to because if you don't if you don't want to do it by then and you don't take any actions and you didn't want it you didn't want it. No, I agree. I agree. All right. So, uh, oh yeah, we saw everyone this week. So, who was your student of the week? I actually went with uh, you. I was here when you were trying to write yours. It's hard. Um, I went with Leandro <laughs> just because he tried to like acknowledge that things, especially on the when he left, right? Especially when he was leaving, mm-hmm. he was like. They were like, which one of you is our favorite? He was like, Avi, I'm picking the baby. Like, don't – I'm not getting in your shit. Like, I'm, yeah, right. I'm going to make – and he tried to make the goodbye as like less awkward. Like, I was here seeing both of you, right? I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm, I'm being as less least threatening I could be. Of course, Ari like threw a wrench into it, but he tried. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, as you knew, I was struggling for a student of the week. I mean, we could always go Kenny and Armando, but it's kind of like, uh, yeah. so I'm going to go actually Armando's dad. Okay. Like, good on you for, you know, showing up for your son, making an effort. I know it probably was very difficult for him to give Kenny a hug, but, mm-hmm. you know, he was there. He was having a good time. He w- he actually made a effort to have a good time. Yes, he did. He did. So good job. All right. It is redeeming compared to the last time we saw him. So. Very true. Very true. If anything, most improved. And anything, it was like he didn't actually do anything, right? It was Armando right. being afraid that he might do something that yes. kind of led to the conflict. Sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. What about your dunce? I was Steven just because he annoys okay. the shit out of me. Like <laughs> he's such a – he's such a – like he just acts like a child all the time. Like, and it's, I'm just like, grow up, dude. Like, especially when it's like, this is somebody you're trying to marry and you're doing these piddly ass games. And, and I mentioned it when the thing, I was very, very upset that he left his, like, and that's, that is a parent trigger thing because kids do that with their shoes. Like they walk in the door and they just leave their shoes right in the door. So you walk in, you trip over shoes. You're like, why would you do that? Why would you leave it right there? There are other people in the world. Oh, oh. But so, yeah, (laughs) Steven just really got to me this time. So I'm giving him dunce. Uh, yeah, you could probably guess Summit. Um, very much triggered by things that have annoyed me with, you know, someone that I recently dated. Like, but all the things that really bugged me about the person I dated, I see in Summit. You know, his inability to address an actual question. You know, his inability to really put action to his words and mm-hmm. like almost treating everything like everything is happening to him and that he yeah. doesn't take any kind of accountability or responsibility for his own actions. Mm-hmm. And like almost like this, he treats everything like he's completely powerless and just the world just goes along and he's merely an observer. Yeah. Like, we'll, well plus, plus the way that like he kind of does this thing where it's always like the circ- – because I feel like they have a circular conversation all the time, right? 
where she's mm-hmm. he, she, you know, he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. My parents don't want me to get married. And she's like, I want you to ignore the wishes of your parents and get married anyway. And he's like, yeah, but I don't know what you want me to do. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feel like I just told you what I want you to do. Like, uh, I know. But it's because he doesn't want to do those things. And so he's like, well, I don't know what to do because those are not options. Those are not things that I want to do. So I've already eliminated those as options. <laughs> so now I have nothing to do. It's like, oh, my gosh, you're the worst. All right. What about your life lesson? All right. If you have a conversation that you want to have with your significant other and you have, you know, issues that need to be ironed out, talk to them is is good, right? Ignoring them is bad. bad. Worse. <laughs> Very bad. But even worse than that is uh, telling your sisters and having them hash it out with him oh, while you gosh. sit there and cackle That's and so watch. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. So that was my life lesson too. Like I, you know, I said, it's okay to share with your family, your troubles, and it's okay for them to have your back, but don't make them do the dirty work in your relationship. Exactly. Trying to get to the bottom of what really happened. You know, it's like when Lipsy was like, oh, so what really happened with Jenny? And then Evelyn's sitting back like, yeah, what really happened with them? It's like, this should not be the... You know, you should have brought it up, not your You sister. should be the driver of this conversation. Yes, absolutely. Right. And then the other thing is also don't try to use them to get revenge. Like if you wanted Corey to eat that bull dick, then you should have had Corey eat that bull dick, not had your sisters like exactly. try and get him to eat it for you, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. So, yeah, we were on the same page on that one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> don't drag don't drag them into your drama. Jeez. I mean, they jumped into the drama willingly, but you still oh, yeah, shouldn't. That's true. You still well, shouldn't. That's because they really cannot them. stand Corey. Yeah, they really don't like that guy. I know. Well, well, with maybe some valid reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, and it's just so funny how, like, when they when they interview Corey, he's like, "I really hope I can get onto their good side," and it's like, "Dude, read no, read the room. Yeah, that's good not luck. happening." I know. Well, you know, Corey can't read the room. Look at how he, like, decided, ooh, this seems like a perfect opportunity to show them the weird progress I bought. So, clearly, <laughs> it struggles true. with That's true. reading the room. Uh. All right. So, uh, that about covers what's going on this week. Some interesting things, at least in the Corey Evelyn department, next right. week. Um, yeah. So, we'll be back next week then. Yeah, we'll see everybody then. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.